This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 20. Echo Charles and I sitting here getting ready to talk about some things. We are kind of talking about things rolling into this. Here, here's the topic that I'm going to bring up because it's something that we need to think about. So we all talk about, well, you, I, you know, I talk about, got to be humble, right? Sure. Got to be humble. Humble, we can get humbled, which can be a positive thing. Oh, you know, that I was humbled in this game because I thought I was pretty good, but then I got smoked. So I got humbled. Now I need to, I know, I need to go back and practice more. But there could be a line that gets crossed from time to time, mm-hmm. from humbled to humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm bringing this up. Uh-huh. A guy named Dean List, mm-hmm. Dean Lister. So we were training the other day. Now listen, for, since the beginning of time of Dean Lister and I training for 25 or 26 or 27 years together, if I have a really good day and he has a really bad day, it's a pretty good scrap, right? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If I have a really good day, I'm on, I'm fresh, I'm warm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. If I have a really good day and and on top of that, he has a really bad day where oh, he's tired, yeah. worn out, doesn't want to train, you know, whatever. Yeah mentally worn down. If that's the situation, we might have a good match, right? Any other situation, he's gonna he's gonna kind of crush me. If I'm having a bad day mm-hmm. and he's having a good day, it can be a real problem. Yeah. So the other day, he was not only, this might sound strange, he was not only having a good day, he was like in a playful yet punitive mode uh-huh. where, cause you know, like I will, I'll get my digs on Dean Lister, right? Whether they're verbal, you know, or it's on the mat. Like, Hey, when, when I have the upper hand, I'm going to capitalize on that. Yeah, okay. When he has the upper hand, he's going to capitalize. Yeah. But like I said, if he has the upper hand, it's a much, it's much more up. <laughs> yeah. So he was just ragdolling me. Yeah. Ragdolling me. Yeah. Uh, he was holding me by my, be- we were in Gi. He was holding me by my like belt and lapel. My, my lapel was somehow like wrapped around my leg and, and he was dragging me around the mat. Just laughing at me. Yep, that's bad. So now that's you might bad. think, okay, Jocko, you've been, I, I, look, I've been training jujitsu for a long time. Okay, physically, I work out a lot, right? So I'm not in bad condition. Right. In fact, I would venture so far as to say, if if Dean and I were in like a fitness competition, right? Mm-hmm. I would probably beat him in quite a few things. There's a couple things that he is mutantly strong at. Yeah. But broadly speaking, now, you would never feel that on the mat. Yeah. If you rolled with him and you rolled with me on the mat, you'd be like, Jocko's weak. This guy is can, can must be able to clean and jerk 9,000 pounds. That's what he feels like on the mat, for sure. So it's not like I'm exponentially weaker than him. It's not like I got gas. I wasn't even gassed. That's a really scary thing. I wasn't even gassed. I was just, I I was helpless like a child. Like a child. (laughs) And I'm a 230 pound man that's been training (laughs) jiu-jitsu for a really long time. So, and you know, here's the thing. I mean, I know the deal. Mm. Like I'm having fun. Like I'm laughing. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. We're with Wes. Mm-hmm. Wes is just like, yeah, this is just this is <laughs> unfortunate like to watch. Sorry. It's just a bummer. Like, hey, I'm sorry <laughs> that this is happening. Yeah. That's the way it is. So here's the deal. The training ends. You know, we we then he showed me a couple things. You know, he's like, oh, here's something. Here's something. You know, we we work through some moves, and he's an incredible instructor. Um, but then I had to go home. <laughs> And the drive home, the drive home, home, which isn't a far drive, it takes me, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. It seemed like 10 hours. Yeah, that's real. That part of it. It seemed like 10 hours, and I was questioning, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? How did this even happen? Yeah. Am I even a person? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Am I, have I wasted my whole life doing something for no reason, and I'm a loser? Yeah. 
So, you know, I took that long 10-hour drive home <laughs> in my mind. Yep. And what are you going to do? So I, I figure it's a good topic to talk about because mm-hmm. it happens in all aspects of life, right? You mm-hmm. show up to do a presentation at work and you bomb it. You go up and talk to a, a, a female and, you, you know, looks at you like whatever, whatever these series of rejections are that are going to happen. These these not just humbling moments, but it's one step further. Like it's yeah. one thing you you know you're young and you go up to a girl to talk to her, and she says, "Hey, you know, I have a boyfriend, but nice to meet you." Right? Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's a little bit stronger than that. Maybe it's like, "Hey, listen, I'm not really looking for you know a, a dude right now, but later." Yeah. But it could just be like, why do you think you are on a level where you would be talking to me? Right? right. It could be some crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Could be you know same thing at work. Like you could look, you mess up, and you know the boss says, "Hey." Hey man, you need to tighten it up, and you're like, "Yeah, sorry, I, I need to, I need to prepare way more." Or it could be like, "Hey man, I don't know if I'm gonna let you present in front of clients again." <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> Ever. So, what are we gonna do? Um, I, I just have to say, like, step one, you got to get back on the horse, right? You heard that expression before, of right? You fall off the horse, you got dinged up, yep. your ego's dinged up. I was actually looking forward to my next training session because I'm, yeah. I'm like, there's no way it's going that bad. There's yeah. no way I could train with anyone in the entire world and it's going to go that bad. Yeah, it was bad. So you gotta you gotta put yourself into the mode of like, okay, had a bad day. Uh, I had it. Do you remember Shandao? Do you remember him? Mm-mm. Alex Shandao Mm-mm. was his nickname. He's a jujitsu guy, and he was with us at Fabio Santos, and um. He would say, you have days and days. That was what he would say. Basically, he was trying to say, you have good days and bad days, but he'd just say, you <laughs> okay. had days and days, right. which cool. is, is legit, right? Because yeah, yeah. those kind of days could be anything. <laughs> so it's true. the truth, though. You have yeah. days and days. Yeah. So sometimes you have days and days. The good days, cool. We're a stoke. We don't need to worry about them. All good. If you have one of the other days, yeah. then you got to put that, you got to say, okay, we reached a new low, yep. And it's time to start climbing <laughs> up again. And it's okay. You learned something, and I did. Yeah. I learned. I did learn a couple things. You know, I he gave me a couple grip things. T- talked to me about my hip displacement. You know, all these code words. Mm-hmm. So you learn, but I just want to let everybody know that there's days and days, days and there's days. sometimes you get humbled, and sometimes you get straight up humiliated, yeah. and it's okay. Get back on the horse, see what you can learn, mm-hmm. and the worst thing you could do, the worst thing you could do on that drive home is say, this isn't for me. You know what I mean? Yes. And that that has to happen to people, where they just say, you know what, I'm done. I, I, this isn't worth it. This yeah. isn't, whatever you're doing. You know, you try to win a race, you don't win it. You try, you know what I mean? You get to a point where you say, you know, this just isn't for me. That's mm. what you gotta be careful of. Mm. Pick up the, gotta gotta get your gear back on. You, that drive home, and, <laughs> you know. Obviously, you know you you say you got humiliated. Obviously, not a common thing. Um, I would say once a quarter, maybe twice a quarter. <laughs> quarter, sure. Right. So like yeah. once or twice every three months. Yeah. I'm having a bad day. Dean's having an awesome day, and he's in a. In a comical mood, right? Because yeah. he thinks it's funny. Yeah, and he's he wants to laugh. Yeah, which is also additional humiliation. Yep. <laughs> and what? I mean, not to go too deep on the dynamics is you have a so it's going to depend on your personality too. So yeah. Dean has that personality where he'll eat that per, that that laughing part, that joking mm. part of it. Um, he he is pretty much from the beginning always had that attitude with me, yeah. and he'll. I think because I dig it. I, I I feel like I have that same thing where if someone's talking to me, like joking about it, mm-hmm. like telling me how oh, that 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 attempt sucked or yeah, something and yeah. then saying it, it makes it more fun. Yeah. Like just a funner yeah, 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 thing. Yeah, yeah. True. Otherwise, and this I'm putting this extreme just for the example, but otherwise it feels kind of like, oh, like this means so much mm-hmm. if I beat you or if you beat me or whatever. This means so much. There's a lot of the line. And I don't really like that feeling in <laughs> when I'm training with my friends anyway. Uh, it's not, you know. I, what so, do I do? Uh, you do both, but you don't do it while you roll. Oh, you do it yeah, between yeah, the yeah. rolls. Yeah. You'll like give looks and be like, oh, I 
how did that feel? Or something like that. <laughs> so I dig it and I, I tr- like it. You know what I try and do? I try not to get the emotions into it, right? Yeah. I'm trying not to like uh, say something and be, I'm trying not to be snarky about the whole scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except for with one person, Dean Lister. Yeah. Like if he's having a bad day and I'm having a good day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk some shit. Yeah. But so you talk shit, it's more enjoyable though, right? Yeah, Don't yeah, you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, so it's gonna depend on your personality. Like I can't wait till I have a good day and he has a bad day in the <laughs> near future. Yeah. So. I hope. Um, so either way, either way, when you, you know what though, like it's crazy how like when you're not rolling or when it doesn't happen to you, your brain is all clear. Like, oh yeah, you have good days and bad days. You got mm. days and days, right? Mm. Now, like mm. that's actually a good one yeah. that I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate yeah. now, but it's easy to be like, yeah, you have good days and bad days. Or when someone else goes through it, Hey bro, don't worry about mm-hmm. that. You know, like you, you know, you, you, you know, you've been training this for a long time. You got to know you got good days and bad days, you know, but when it ha- the day it happens to you and the weird thing, it's weird on the drive home, yeah. right? You feel it. And it's almost like, no, bro, I don't even know if I even can do jujitsu anymore. <laughs> like, I know all the moves. It, like, I think yeah. I do, but like, man, I did. and that's every single time, man. And I think even every level, I think mm-hmm. white belt is like all the time. And you're like, man, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. When you're, you know, you make yourself or you make your way up the ranking or whatever. And that happens. It's like, it's almost more painful because you're like, oh yeah, I have a black belt. And I've never heard of a black belt getting treated the way I just got treated. I never mm-hmm. even heard of it. Yeah. I got that. Like you sometimes like when you're in your mood or whatever, mm-hmm. like you'll get me with that guillotine like eight times in one round. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's yeah. more than one a minute. Yeah, that's a lot. And I'll have that feeling like, like, <laughs> am I in this feeling? Like I have a black belt from Jocko himself <laughs> and I literally have no physical capability or mental capability to stop him from choking me out eight times. In you know what minutes. I just realized? You no, know, I said, I don't like to be snarky. You know what I realized I'm actually doing is I'm letting that just run around in your own head without yeah. saying anything about Painful. it. I'm the savage. I'm like, bro, I'm like, yeah. And so it's real though. It's real. Mm-hmm. But you're right though. At the end of the day, it's like, you know. And this is me being totally detached because mm. I probably feel that way worse than you when I drive home. Um, where, like, I know, like, you know how good I am or am not, you know? So I can't be, like, trying to brag to you how good I am or trying to, you know, because you know. Bro, we've been freaking training together literally for, since I started, mm. since I was a white belt. Yeah. So you know, nothing I can say or do is going to give you the impression now that I'm all of a sudden freaking awesome. And, you know, so it's like you kind of got to keep that in, in mind, you yeah. know, so it kind of puts everything into perspective. And, yeah, man, you freaking that those bad days are going to freaking hurt. Yep. And it's it kind of makes me feel good that you had that day yeah. recently. I'm good. Because you good. deserve it sometimes. You know what else? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm so I've had so many of those days that I already kind of know about them. Right, I yeah. like I'm making I'm sort of making a bigger deal out of it to explain because I know that people the first time that happens to you in any environment you might think yeah. like this this is just me I'm the only yeah. person that's ever been been humiliated like this yeah I've been humiliated enough times that it's like oh you know what yeah cool it's not I a know shock. I, yeah, it's not a big shock to yeah, my system yeah. my drive home nowadays isn't it's ten minutes. It doesn't seem like 10 hours. It seems like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there's some extra time there running around. There's some ideas bouncing oh, yeah. around in the head. Yeah. Some excuses are coming in, right? Oh. There's some excuses rolling in. You know, <laughs> yes, well, sir. you know, Dean's been yeah. doing this and, well, you know, yeah. he's, ball, you know, I have a, you know, I have to work. Yeah. He just gets yeah. to do, you know, all those things. Oh, yeah. And they're all lies. They're all lies. It's all part of the game right there, though. But the um and, and that does apply to everything, kinda like how you were saying in the beginning. Kinda applies to everything. This is when it'll it can shock you, even if you're quote unquote used to it, is when you're on a run, you're on a streak mm. of just killing it. Whether it be jujitsu or at work is a good mm. one where like and then you mess up or you, I don't know, something happens or whatever, or in jujitsu, yeah, you you have a straight up bad day. And you kind of get shocked. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, it was all a lie. You know, me telling myself whatever. That happened to me when I was probably about with Greg McIntyre. I was I was competing a lot. I was winning. Mm-hmm. On the run. On the on a run, big mm-hmm. time. And Greg Train humiliated you. Greg, and he even told me later that he had heard about it, you know, and was like, oh man, that's good. You know, like maybe, you know, he could be a good training partner. But he was going to kind of bring it next time I'm we trained. Check. <laughs> oh, yeah. As and Jeff I didn't train said, him. I'm going to break it off. 
<laughs> break him off, yeah. Break him off, yeah. Bro, he broke me off so hard, like real, like methodically too. You know how when someone's there to break you off, you kind of know, you can feel it. Like, mm. oh, okay, this guy, I see it, I get it. Like, you're going to bring it to show me or teach me a lesson or just show, you know. You're going to break me off. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you can feel it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even feel it. I just felt that, bro, this guy is kind of unstoppable. Just, <laughs> just No, there was no fury. That's the thing. It was almost like yeah. a he just methodically dismantled me mm-hmm. and then sort of just walked away. And yeah. I was like, yeah, good training. You were like done. Shocked. Shocked. The run has come to an end. <laughs> it has come to an end. But when whatever. that happens, get back on the horse. Get back on the horse. No factor. All right. Let's get some Q&A. What do we got? All right. Q&A. Jocko. How would you handle someone that gets mad and walks away or gets mad and will not respond to you when you're trying to counsel them? This has happened to me twice in the last month. I kept my cool and explained to them what they did wrong, how we can do better, and how it affects the team. But they seem to remain pissed off from the beginning of the conversation up until the end. Okay, so what do we got going on here? We got direct attack. That's what this is. Hey, I'm going to tell you what you did wrong. Cool. That's a great, that's direct attack. And what are people going to do? They're going to get defensive, be pissed off. This is why I talk about the indirect method all the time, the indirect strategy all the time. This is what we need to do. Okay. Before I even get to that, there's also the idea which propagates around, listen, I'm, look, I'm, I'm direct and I'm just going to tell them what's up. And it's the best thing that I could possibly do. The best thing I could possibly do is just tell them what's up. Yeah. Just say, listen, I'm just going to be candid with you. Right. Radically, what's there's a book, Radical Candor. I'm just going to tell the truth about what's going on. You just kind of need to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And, and I haven't actually read the book, so I'm sure there's a lot of good points in the book. I'm just saying if that's your attitude, hey, I heard the title of a book and it said Radical Candor, so I'm just going to tell the truth, and I'm, I'm, sure there's a blunt, I'm sure it explains it in more depth. But here's my response to that idea. My response to that idea is if you're going to be radically truthful, you need to start with yourself. You need to start with yourself. That's where you need to start. So when you've got someone on the team here that's not doing what they're supposed to do, well, guess what? Whose fault is that? Yours. Yeah, it's your fault. So when you go out and start pointing the finger, what do you expect them to do? This is literally what I say to our clients all the time. They're going to get mad. They're going to get defensive. In fact, if you were sitting in the room, whoever wrote this question, and I said, hey, Fred, if I point my finger and said, this is what you messed up, what's going to be your reaction? You'd say, oh, I'd get defensive. Yeah, exactly. What do you think's happened to the person that you're counseling? Uh, uh, I kept my cool and explained to them what they did wrong, how he could do better, <laughs> how it affects the team. It's like just more and more blame on you. Like mm-hmm. echo, this is what you did wrong. This is how it affects the team. This is how bad you are. And this is how you can do it better. Mm-hmm. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear any of that. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So you need to own it. The approach is, hey, Echo, listen, I don't think I gave you clear direction on the way this is hap- was supposed to happen because we missed our timeline, mm-hmm. and I-, I know I didn't make it clear, and I probably didn't give you the support that you needed. Is there, did you understand the timeline, or what, do, what could I do to make it more clear? I think I need to tell you earlier, and I also, I need to sit down with you and make sure I'm giving you the resources that I need because we can't afford to miss these project deadlines. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And by the way, this isn't just me playing a little game. This is the reality of the situation. If you work for me or you're on my team and you didn't perform, it's my fault. Actually, my fault. Giving them the resources they need when you say that, to me, that always, like, sounds good. Like, I didn't give you the resources that you might have need. It's kind of like, yeah. I feel so safe. Yeah. I'm mean, like, yeah. By the way, he's all pissed off anyways because he didn't get the resources he needs. Otherwise, he would have gotten uh, the project done. Mm. Um. Ask some earnest questions, right? The goal is to get a person to reveal the truth to themselves. So instead of me telling you what you did wrong, my goal is for you to figure out what you did wrong and tell me about it. Mm-hmm. So when I say, hey, Echo, I, I, I don't think I made the timeline clear and I don't think I gave you the resources that you needed. What else do you need? And you go, you know what? I actually had the resources that I needed, but I was overtasking the team with a bunch of different other projects that I thought were important and I didn't realize this was the priority. Oh, so I did a bad job with the priority. Actually, no, you did a good job telling me what the priority is. I just thought I could get more done. Okay, well, what, what do you need from me? No, you know, see, that's what happens when you start to take ownership. People start to take ownership as well. So ask some earnest questions. Try and get them to reveal the truth themselves. And I know this sounds less efficient because you think, well, I don't know, if that goes messed up, I'll just tell them mm-hmm. that we can fix it. Mm-hmm. We're efficient. 
Echo's a man. He needs to handle the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the wrong attitude. So even, here's a case in point. As you are sitting here, whoever you are listening to the answer, listening to my answer, guess what's happening to you? You're getting defensive right now. Thinking, hey, you know what? Well, he doesn't understand this guy and this is this to take too long. You're getting defensive about my answer right now. That's what's happening. And that's what you're doing to other people. Don't let it happen. Use a little indirect methodology. Ask some earnest questions. Let the truth be revealed to them. Is there a chance that this person's just a bum? And is gonna lose their temper all the time and you need to start figuring out if you need to remove them from the team? That's possible. Not likely. Not likely. Most likely, they just need to be led. Do you feel like that's a... I know your answer already, but like that's an art, you know? Like you... It's a finesse kind of a thing when you say that. The uh, when you're like, "Hey, uh, I I I didn't do a good job." You know what makes it less of an art? You're thinking that it's a little creative process that I'm going through to make something up that's going to get this to where I want. Oh uh, yeah. But the yeah. reality is, it's not an art at all if I actually own it myself yeah. and I tell the truth to the dude. There's no there's no me making up a script. I'm just saying, look, Echo didn't get this project done in time. I must have done a bad job giving him a good timeline. Yeah. I must have underestimated the time he would need. I must have not given him the resources that he needed. I must have not had a relationship with him where he couldn't actually tell me that he wasn't gonna get the project done in time and that he needed more support. All those things are real. So there's no art to it. There's yeah. being a human being. Interestingly, I, one, you just explained that right there, Brad, that's so true. Because, and I, cause I was gonna say like, you know, you got to finesse it good. You got to be careful of this. And, be, you know, you got to be careful of, of um, like, you know, like with your tone, <laughs> you can say something's your own fault. But it's like the tone just straight up sort of said, oh, no, it just says that it's your fault. Like, it's like, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I think of an example, but you know what I'm saying? Where the tone, like I can be oh, like, hey, yeah. uh, uh, it's this. Your your intent has a smell. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. if I'm the just time. thinking I'm going to trick you, right? Hey, Echo, uh, I must not have given you enough time to do this. Yeah, and yeah. Is there anything I could do to support you better? Right? Like it's yeah. going to come across. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. exaggerating, but it's going to come across. Right. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah, exactly right. That's what I mean. Where, yeah, it's not an art. There's no finesse. Re- I mean, there's less finesses. I might have thought because if you're if you're keeping it real, if you're saying it from truth, you know, it's like no, there's not going to be a tone no. of. No. There's going to be a tone of, hey, man. I messed up and I want to help you win. Yeah. You're correct. I understand now. Check. All right, next question. Can you learn too much about leadership too early? My 13-year-old son rattled his mom the other night when he told her he doesn't know if he wants to join the Army or the Marine Corps after high school. The last she heard, he either wanted to go... To be Gordy Howe or Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk. Okay. In the event he does d- decide to enlist or join the reserves before college, will his exposure to EF Online or your podcast be a help or a hindrance? I assume help, but I heard you talk about the difficulty more mature people have with tolerating the games in early training. Uh, no, I don't know what I said or what context I said that in. It might be more difficult, but um, you should do everything you can. Get him, uh, expose him immediately. Get him extreme ownership, get him dichotomy leadership, get him leadership strategy and tactics because it's simply written and it's gonna be really applicable those early military years. The EF Online, just all those things, watch those courses, participate in the Q&A. Yes, this stuff is awesome. There's There's not actually no dichotomy here. Here, well, let me take that back. The dichotomy is if this 13 year old rolls in thinking that he's a leadership master, he's gonna rub people the wrong way and it's gonna be a problem. We would occasionally have guys like that in the SEAL teams. Um, There was an enlisted guy, like an enlisted, for example, like an enlisted guy that had gone to college and studied leadership. And now they're walking around thinking that, and they're just walking around like that and everybody can smell it and it stinks. So as long as we make sure that he picks up on the Massive principle of humility will be good to go. So, yes, expose him, let him learn, um, have him talk to some people that are actually in the army. Have him, you know, saying someone wants to go in the army or the Marine Corps, 
the 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 job range in those two um, those two places mm. is absolutely immense. I mean, you could go into the Marine Corps and be a helicopter mechanic. You could go into the Army and be a lab technician. You could go into the Marine Corps and be a electronics repairman. You could go into the Army and be an intelligence linguist. Like, so he needs to do some research on what it is he actually wants to learn how to do. Or you could be infantry, right? Of course, Mm -hmm. I wanna be a machine gunner. Check, roger that. But have him do some research so he understands the job selections that he has, the opportunities to partake in. It's not just, hey, I wanna be in the Army. Like, what do you wanna do in the Army? What do you wanna do in the Marine Corps? What lifestyle do you like more? Which, where do you wanna be stationed? Where do you wanna live? Quite frankly, for me, when I was trying to figure out what branch of special operations I wanted to go into, there was one of them that was you were either stationed in San Diego or Virginia Beach. Mm. And I'm like, that sounds freaking good because there's waves in both those places that are good. And I want to go surfing. So it looks like I don't want to be stationed up at Fort Lewis or Fort Benning and be in a landlocked scenario with no ocean. I wanted to be close to the ocean. I like the water, blah, blah, blah. Of course, the water is a huge part of the SEAL teams as well. So think about actually what the job is that you're going to get into, what you want to do, and I think that would be a good move. But get him as much leadership as you can. So that, and this is going to display yet more of my ignorance, but I... So when you go in the military, you mm-hmm. said, okay, let's say I go in the military. I'm like, hey, I'm a kid. I graduate. I go military. I want to be a electric, right. electronics repairman. Aviation electronics repairman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I don't get deployed? Like, what happens? No, no. You, you could still get deployed, and that's what you need to find out. Like, okay, what's most of the helicopter mechanics in the Marine Corps? What's their job? What's their deployment cycle? Because there's sub-jobs in the Army where it's like, oh, yeah, if you're a lab – I'm making this up because I don't know – if you're a lab technician, you're probably never going to go on deployment because they don't have labs overseas. So that means you're going to be stationed at bases in, in America. Okay, cool. Or in big bases in Germany or something like that. So that's what you want to research. You want to you want to you want to figure out what exactly it is you want to do. You don't want to you know you know you don't want to just sign up and see what happens, right? Yeah. This is like going to the fleet undesignated. Hey, uh-huh. just give me whatever job because they're going to give you a crappy job. Uh, okay. So figure out what's a good job. Figure out something that you're interested in. If you're interested in learning a language, cool. You can be a linguist in the army. So if if I go, if I say, so do most jobs have essentially openings, or is it the kind like yeah, depends like, on the job, yeah, and yeah. it's like okay, there's no openings, so now you got to choose a different one. Right. There there might be an overfilled MOS uh, military occupational specialty that hey, we already got enough of that particular specialty, so mm-hmm. you're gonna have to pick a different one. That can happen. Huh. Or they might say, you gotta wait six months. And you go, okay, cool, I really want that job. Or you say, you know what, I really wanna go in now, so give me a different job. So what do you do in the six months? Wait, work at McDonald's. But you're still technically in the military? No, no, you're waiting to, like, you're, to join. Yeah, up. you might join with a contract, but it's gonna take six months before you ship out. Oh, right, right, so you're, you're kinda just waiting in the wing. Yeah. Huh, so, cause I remember back in the day where it was like, I don't know. I guess I totally just I don't didn't think you know that. Remember <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought if you go in the military, you're fighting front lines straight yeah. up until you, you know, make it past that, and then then you get promoted to the no. general. No, you can go in the army to be a. Well, you pick. You can go in the army and be a a, a, a person that's a cook. Yeah, and that's your specialty. Yeah. You can go in the army and be a band member. <laughs> you, you can go in the army and be a drummer. Can I be a videographer? You can go in the navy and be a uh, photographer's mate. Hmm. I don't know if that still exists, but there. Yes, there is a job where you, that's what you'll be doing. Huh. Filming. Yeah. I mean, think about the Army, think about the Navy, think about the Marine Corps. There's people that work on engines. They're like society. Yeah. There's people that wire the ships. Yeah. There's people that wire the bases. There's people that run the satellite communication systems. So all, you have all these different opportunities. Huh. And it's a very small number that's actually fighters, riflemen. 
Mm. Now in the Marine Corps, everyone's a rifleman. <laughs> but that might not be your actual job. Gotcha. It w- in fact, it won't be your actual job unless you're an infantryman. Actually, now that I'm thinking of a bunch of stuff, that makes a lot more sense. It makes a lot of the other stuff that I hear and stuff make more sense mm-hmm. now. Huh. Well, I, I'd say one of the weirdest things for me when I joined the military was realizing that you had to pay for stuff, that the military had to pay for things. What do you mean? So when you go get gas, yeah. it has to be paid for. Yeah. Like when you're going on a trip. Yeah. You Wait, have what to, you mean, as a civilian? No, 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 no. Like you're, let's say your SEAL platoon is going uh, on a trip to the desert. Oh, yeah. And the Navy has to pay for the gas that you're kind of getting from the Navy. It's really weird. Yeah. Now you do have some specialty situations where you're at a desert training site and we have gas out there. But, then, but the SEAL teams paid for that gas to be out there. So it's hmm. part of a budget. And if you use too much gas, you won't have enough money for bullets. Gotcha. I just thought it was like, hey, we're in the freaking SEAL team, bro. <laughs> Everything's free. Everything's free. <laughs> we take what we want. And it's not like that, you know? Yeah, Isn't that, is, yeah. right? That makes well, sense, yeah, right? I, I feel that, yeah. Well, I can, that's what I would have thought. Yeah, um, yeah, I should have quizzed you before I told you the truth. Yeah. The truth is you gotta pay for stuff. You gotta budget. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool, yeah. though, I guess. Yeah, it's not cool. It's interesting. You run out of money. That's for sure. All right, cool. All right. Good luck. Next question. Hey, Jocko and Echo. I started jujitsu about five weeks ago and love it. Unfortunately, I've only been able to train once a week because every time I train, I get injured, groin, neck, and shoulder, and it takes me the following week to recover. I'd like to go at least two to three times a week. I regularly lift weights and determine I might need to change my workout routine to accommodate for BJJ. But then again, both of you have intense workout regimens and uh, that I don't seem to impact your BJJ. That don't seem to impact your jujitsu. I'm wondering if it's normal slash typical that I'm getting injured so much and if there's a way to prevent it. I've read about being a spazzy white belt using too much muscle versus technique. How do I tap into that? (laughs) Uh, You are 100% a spazzy white belt that is using all kinds of strength. Mm -hmm. Your ego is in the way. You don't want to tap out to this guy. And even if you're like, no, I don't mind tapping, you still are fighting it like it's your your life depends on it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what's happening. You need to relax. Generally, how long has he been? Oh, he's only five weeks in. I'm gonna say around six months is what it takes to get that out of your system. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. The fitter you are, the longer it takes in most people's cases. Most people, when they work out and they come in there, they wanna put that to use and their ego's big because they can freaking clean and jerk whatever 225 and they're like I, I there's no way i'm gonna let a 150 yep. pound guy tap me out that's not happening no. and sure enough it's happening and it's happening and the more you resist it the more chance you have of being injured the more spazzy you're going um you need to relax as i often tell new people to jujitsu relax harder they're like i am relaxing it's like oh well okay <laughs> so relax harder <laughs> Intentionally get tapped out. Hmm. You want to intentionally get tapped out. Hmm. Don't use your strength to fight the arm lock. Go, oh, that was awesome, man. Good job. You weigh 150 pounds. You look like you uh, have never worked out a day in your life, and that was an awesome arm lock, and jujitsu works. I appreciate it. Let's go again. Thank you. Hmm. Get yourself tapped out. You have to relax, man. You have to relax. It's so hard to do. It's ego. It's... um, it's ego, and on top of ego, it's instinct. Yeah. Right? It's instinct. Yeah. You, it, you have to control your instinct. Your instincts are wrong. Being Going crazy doesn't even help you. It doesn't help you in actuality, and it doesn't help you learn faster. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't help you escape, and it doesn't help you learn. Yeah. One out of three times, will you get out of a triangle because you freaking hulked the guy up and smashed him? Yep. And the next time, he grabs your leg and puts you to sleep. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So you... You got out one time, you regressed, you possibly get injured, it's not good. So yes, you're being a spazzy white belt, it's all good bro, I'm not trying to be offensive with it, that's just the reality of the situation. I was a spazzy white belt, Echo was a spazzy white belt, that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. You gotta relax, you gotta get tapped out, that's the way the the Jiu Jitsu game works. Yeah, fully. I feel like a lot of times like, and this is maybe part of certain people's nature where, hey, if we're competing, 
I'm here to win kind of an attitude. And, you know, that you can sense that on certain people and and it shows itself in certain ways too a lot of the time. And someone who's going to start injuring themselves or whatever, they a lot of the time will have that attitude whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, how like, okay, let's say you get put on your back, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just going crazy and stuff like that. There's no like... There's no pauses. There's no nothing. It's just going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like that is an indicator, I think. So, okay. So when you first start learning jujitsu, that de- depends on what you're learning as well. Because you know how like we go like at the muster and stuff like that. Like mm. we just go over. This is guard. This yeah. is mount. This is side mount. This is half guard. This is back. If if you're pretty clear on that, which you can be in one day, you can mm-hmm. be clear. And you start rolling. All you really have to do, and I'm saying it kind of like it's easy it's simple and sometimes can be kind of hard or whatever depending on who you're rolling with but just consider that consider what you've learned and Mm -hmm. what you know and just do that don't be all trying to throw a guy down yeah but people get nuts even at the muster not all of them but like 10 i would say 25 percent of people are getting nuts yeah that is weird huh and (laughs) and that's kind of what i'm talking about fighting they might not even exactly right that's weird fighting (laughs) i know you're like hey you show a move and then you say, hey, okay, practice this move. And hey, training partner, like they're practicing the move yeah. on you. So you're kind of letting them do it. In don't fact, lay no, like kind of. You are letting them do it. Right. But don't like lay down like a limp noon yeah, or whatever, yeah. however you put it. Um, and then, yeah, you go around and he's like, hey, I'm having a hard time with this or whatever. And then you say, okay, do it. Let me see like what, what you're doing. And then the partner is like straight up fighting it. Like, bro, you guys are fighting right now. And and then they're thinking, well, you know, if I'm supposed to just let him do it, obviously this stuff doesn't work. It's like, no, there's 47 other moves and setups and all this other stuff. There's very few things that frustrate me. That's one. That's one of them that makes me feel a little bit frustrated. And I just had to open up about that at the last muster and be like, hey, listen, this, this, there's very few things that frustrate me. One of them is when you don't know anything about jujitsu. And you get shown one move, and your response is, "Well, what if this happens?" And it's not even like a, "Hey, what do I do here?" It's, it's kind of questioning the whole yeah, system. Yeah. Well, can't you just do yeah. this? Well, what if the person just straightens their leg out, right. or what if the person just, uh, uh, you know, holds their arm over here, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah, then there's another move for that." Mm. And, you, and you try and be calm. You're like, "Yep, yeah, there's another move for that." But they're they're asking you as if you as if you are blind to this, yeah. as if you're blind to this. Like, hey. Jocko, you idiot. All the person has to do is straighten his arm and you're not going to get that Americana. Yeah. It, no, but, it, actually, all he has to do, is st- all I got to do is straighten my arm and this doesn't work. Yeah. There you go. Ooh, that, yeah. I there you go. You so it's, like, it's like, yeah, there's actually 97 counters to the thing that you just said. Mm. And then there's counters to those counters and it goes on forever. Mm. And I just showed you one move. <laughs> one. <laughs> and here, actually, this might be an opportunity for me to help help you in this situation mm-hmm. where because that happens pretty much, not even pretty much, every single time yeah. somebody's going to say something. The last muster, there was more than one. Yeah. And, you know, this was like, hey, what's to keep me from hitting you in the groin here? Yeah. And yeah, bro, yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. say before you said anything, I said nothing. Nothing's to keep you from hitting anyone in the groin at any point in a real fight situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but there was more to it than yeah, that, yeah, yeah. right? Well, what what am I going to do to you after you punch me right. in the groin? You started, yeah. yeah. So you you basically show okay. So one of them was, <sighs> and this is a good way to handle it, I think. And in, in fact, might even be more enjoyable for you to handle it mm-hmm. this way. Maybe I don't know, but okay. So one of them was like, hey, why don't I just keep my arm here? So he can't get that Americana. <laughs> and I was like, bro, that's a good idea. As far as you go, you know, man, he'll never get it. And I was uh, like, but keep in mind, the only reason that would work nuts to nuts is if this guy on top is calling this shot. If he's saying, I'm going to do Americana on you and then you know it's coming. I was like, oh, yeah. And you better keep your arm there. Otherwise, you're going to get the Americana on you or whatever. But the whole of jujitsu is more than that. So, yes, you better be com- uh, protecting your arm at all times. Yeah. But just because you put it here, it's going to be this guy's jujitsu job mm-hmm. to get your arm over there. Yeah. And it's it's real easy just to go, okay, why don't you keep your arm there? And then you choke them. So You I, just I do did, it as you go choke. You so, choke them. So and I you're did. like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. What? So that's essentially See, I'm what I frustrated did. Even yeah, right now. I, know, I, I don't know why I let this get to me. You know what I think? Yeah. It's I get mad at myself for failing to explain this properly where people see the the holistic power of jujitsu and the holistic complexities yeah. and the infinite nature of it. And I fail to explain that in a good way. Yeah. And I get frustrated with myself for being too stupid to explain the never ending possibilities of 
the jujitsu. That's why, and that's kind of part of why I'm telling you because this mm-hmm. will help you explain mm-hmm. it more. Here's the thing: it's really hard to explain the whole thing all in one speech yeah. or whatever. So you know they're gonna have questions, whatever. I tell them the whole language thing. I know. I go listen, I know. listen. It's a language, and we're gonna teach you one letter. You don't mm-hmm. know anything of English at all. Yeah. We're gonna teach you part of the letter A, not even the whole letter. We're not going to teach you capital. It's going to be like a circle yeah. and a little half a line. Yeah. And like, this is going to be an A. That's yeah. all we're teaching you. And you're asking me, how do I explain to someone the nature of the universe? Like, no, <laughs> you don't even know one letter yet. I know, man. I know. And here's the thing, though. It's not your fault. It's not. It's actually not even their fault. Mm. It's, you know whose fault it is? Freaking um, the all the other freaking martial arts people who start teaching their thing and be like, hey, become lethal in mm. with my one course and like, or mm. overnight or all this stuff. Or be like, hey, if this happens, you just do this, fight's over. It's mm. kind of like, okay, well that's all I gotta do, quote unquote, right? Sure. So it's like that. So now people come in, if they don't have any martial arts experience, like actually, they'll come in and they'll have that same mindset where it's like, oh yeah, Jocko's just, just telling me to do this and he can rip off your arm or whatever. You can break your shoulder, that's what they think. So now you try to explain all you want they already got that mindset they're gonna think that so again if you say yes like the answer is yeah like what you know, it depends on what I they know. ask i know i say that. Everyone's like yep yeah that does prevent that so there was there's a, 19 other moves that are going to come on top of that one that are going to be even more vicious and psychopathic yeah see but that's you going crazy <laughs> again so there was uh one not la- not last month but like i don't know last year or whatever mm-hmm. year before um we're you were doing that scissor sweep mm-hmm. or whatever and then one of the girls says like well, just like with that same attitude. And that's mm-hmm. really the violation a lot of the time mm-hmm. is the attitude. Not a genuine question. It was more like the attitude. Say, well, can't he just push the leg down and like kind of step over it and kind of pass the guard? I said, yeah, you can. <laughs> and quite frankly, if you're this guy, you better do that. Otherwise, you're getting swept. <laughs> and she's like, oh, like kind of confused. Her. I was like, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah. So it's this guy's job to get in a position where you don't put, push the leg down and you can do all these things. <laughs> and so when they go to push the leg down, then there's other things that you will have to do. You're going to learn that later. But as for now, this is the move for the scissor sweep. And we're going to assume that, you know, you, you got to get yourself in that it's position. It's very revealing about human nature, right? That we think, like, just think about that in a context of everything that you've ever learned and everything that you think you know right now. You should look at everything the same way. You know, you see someone, you see someone teaching something and you go, I can poke a hole in that. You should think to yourself, no, you know what? I don't know everything. I should listen. That's what I should do. I agree with you. (laughs) I I think it's great. All right, let's go next question. I'm sorry, um, everyone, that, that I allow that to get to me. And wait. I'm sorry I do a bad job of explaining the complexity of jiu-jitsu in a proper way. Um, so if I'm not mistaken. We're on this, question number 44. Yeah. No, no, no. But as far as this guy getting getting injured oh. for, for uh, jiu-jitsu, whatever. Yeah. So part of it, too, is make sure, like, you're recovering from your workouts. Because you don't know. You don't know what. Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of workouts he's doing. Like, I'll tell you right now, if you're just doing a few laps in the pool and then you go train jujitsu, it's like tr- you swimming and training in that way, aside from jujitsu, isn't contributing to your injuries probably. No. You know? But if you're getting doing a full volume powerlifting program and then you go to jujitsu and spaz, oh, you could probably hurt yourself more likely, you know? I, I I'm gonna say that if you calm down, you won't. I, I agree. Right? I, I mean, agree. look, I lift heavy, you lift heavy, and we today we were joking. I got on the mat. I was like, I did squats. You're like, I did shoulders. But that, that's what we yeah. did. Yeah. And they weren't easy workouts. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. And focus when you go relax. into jujitsu. Relax. Focus on what you learned. Mm-hmm. Like not like I'm just gonna tackle this guy. Kind of. You should actually attitude. be saying how how. What is the minimum amount of strength I can use to make this thing work? That should be your goal. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Mm-hmm. But that's hard th- to do. Coming from a, a, a strong, quote unquote, strong person when I first started, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've ever remembered to do that yeah, in my yeah. first I'm like six easy, months. Bro. Yeah, but yeah, that is a, that's a good tip for sure. All right, next question, Jocko and Echo. I feel like the team I lead at work is doing great, and we're on the path. But at the same time, I feel like there's not a lot of fun at work. I'm reserved by nature, and my team also now seems reserved. Would love some ideas to lighten things up a bit without being forced. Well, good, good 
job being heads up and understanding that humor is important and if we're not having fun at work it sucks yeah. sucks we want to have fun so so yeah have some fun um i think some self-deprecating humor is always good you know and even on something like this where you're kind of you you may or may not most likely you're kind of known as a guy that's uptight or whatever yeah. have some fun with that man yeah. make it part of the day morning brief you know Hey everyone, in case you were wondering what I was doing last night, I was sitting around looking at this brief. Why? I, Because I haven't got much of a social life. Ha ha ha, everyone laughs, right? <laughs> whatever, whatever that thing's gonna be. Yeah. Have some fun with it, you know, your morning brief, your weekly update, your, your sales meeting or, or whatever. Insert some humor. Don't, this is a, a kind of a tangential thing. If you're presenting things, don't put your jokes on the slides because you don't know what's happening in the room, you don't know what the scenario is, and you wanna err always on the side of being professional. I was on a tour with a a general, a four-star general, and we went and visited a location, and he was getting a brief from the team on the ground there, and this general, it was a great guy, very straight-laced, very very straight-laced, right? Very proper, very straight-laced, um, no off-color, didn't swear, anything like that. Uh, the movies on, on the plane, we were traveling around on a plane, the movies on the plane were, were literally G-rated movies, like from 1956, <laughs> right? There was no R-rated movies, <laughs> right? Maybe some PG were thrown in there if you wanted to get wild. Get wild yeah. And these guys opened up the brief with an offensive joke which was supposed to be funny and it had a an offensive picture by most people's standards even you know when I saw it I was like I was like okay I could see where if you were with your buddies you might think you might you might really laugh at that it might be funny there's no way that that should be in the brief zero percent chance and there it was the opening slide and and it was awful. I felt so bad for the guys. Is this a Djibouti one? Yes, mm-hmm. it was Djibouti. Yep, it was. So we were in Djibouti, Africa, and the picture was a picture of someone's ass and the like naked, and transposed over the ass was a map of Africa. But it was very obvious it was an ass, and in the center mm-hmm. of the map. The actual city of Djibouti mm-hmm. was the asshole, Damn. and it was marked and it said, "Welcome to Djibouti." <laughs> Didn't land. Huh? Didn't land. So we don't want to do some dumb stuff like that, right? We don't want to. We don't want to do some off-color stuff or or put something in there. But um, some stupid. You know, if you're gonna do some stupid joke of the day, right? Just you. And you said, "Don't be forced." As long as you're not acting like a robot and demanding people to laugh, if you go, hey, joke of the day, you guys know, you guys you guys probably caught my sense of humor this, thus far, meaning I don't have much of a sense of humor. Luckily, I just bought a lame book. It's called Joke of the Day. I'm gonna read one. You know what I mean? Like, have some fun with it. Yeah, have some good. fun with it. You're not funny. It's cool. Yeah. Not being funny is kind of funny. Yeah, it can be, yes, sir. If you approach it correctly. So, good call. Good call. Um, have some fun. Lighten it up a little bit. It's the right move. So, remember... Um, I also had an opposite question. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. I also had an opposite que- question at the muster. This guy's like, you know, I like to joke around. I like to have fun. But sometimes my guys don't take me seriously. What should I do? I'm like, bro, you just... <laughs> okay, let me spell this out. Stop making jokes and stop joking around. This is the opposite. You People are, people are not having fun. Cool. Have some fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Don't be the deputy fun killer. <laughs> the uh, so you you're right about the 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 joke of the day mm-hmm. situation. Like you have a book, like and just dumb. Jo- the thing is, like the old school like jokes, mm-hmm. right? They're not that funny. Funny as far mm-hmm. as laughing goes, you know. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what do you call a you know what's red and white and flies all over it or whatever, you know, like those kind of jokes. They're yep. not that funny. Yep. Every once in a while, they'll be clever or whatever. Yep. So if you don't have any sense of humor at all, that's if you're starting from zero. Hey. 
I mean, he said it. he's reserved. I'm just assu- assuming that that's what that means, <laughs> yeah. or he doesn't yeah. really have something. So if you just like read a joke, like two jokes a day, yeah, to start the day, yeah, and then kind of look around. I don't know. I think that might be fun. Yeah, he, he, might he, if you set it up correctly, yeah, if you set it up like. All right, here's joke of the day. Uh, I'm gonna do two jokes a day in order to try and lighten the mood around here. Um, first joke, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, if you're like, hey, listen, I know I'm, I know I'm kind of a Debbie Downer, and I apologize, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do something about it. I went to the level of I went and bought a book with jokes in it so I can try and get some laughs from you savages. Here's the first one: What's black and white and red all over? Yeah. Well, I don't know what. <laughs> Remember uh, Predator? You ever watched Predator, the original? Yeah, one? yeah. And then had that guy Hawkins, and he'd say all those jokes. I don't remember it to, to that the level big Indian guy or the native guy. Anyway, yeah, that was good. That was funny. All They're right. dirty jokes, so let's get know. last one more question. <laughs> all right, good evening, Jocko Echo. Is it weird to you that you're a celebrity? <laughs> I'm guessing you went through most of your life assuming you wouldn't become rich, famous, and looked up to many count to. Looked up to by countless, oh, looked up to by countless people that you'd you'd never met, you'd never meet. I don't know. I think this is directed at you, Echo. <laughs> oh yeah, because what? The rich celebrity. Uh, uh, I would say it's real easy. Um, I don't think we're. I don't. I don't think we're celebrities. Um, I don't think that we're rich and famous uh, or anything like that. M- m- our, my life is the same. Not exactly the same. My life is almost the same as it always has been, right? Uh, do jujitsu, work out. I still go to the same freaking restaurants that I went to when I was in the Navy for freaking crying out loud. Mm. Um, I, I guess more people know who I am. Mm-hmm. I guess more people know who you are and everyone that comes up and says something to me is cool. Yeah. And it's like, hey bro, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Everyone's super cool. And sometimes people are like, oh, I feel like I know you. And I say, well, do you listen to the podcast? And I say, they say, yeah. And I say, then you do know me because that's me and that's Echo. And I said, do you listen to a lot of the podcasts? They go, oh, I've listened to all of them. I said, then I know you too because we've been through yeah. some shit together, right? Yeah. <laughs> we went into Normandy together. We were trapped yeah. in a freaking Viet Cong prison, right? So I know you too. And you have our inside jokes and all that stuff. So. Um, I think we're just, uh, I, I think it's the, the other thing is like, it doesn't change. Oh, well, if you're smart, this stuff, she's not going to like change you. I mean, when you put, when you put weights on the squat bar, it doesn't matter who knows who you are. Three wheels is still three <laughs> wheels, and and money isn't going to get that thing moved, no. and fame isn't going to get that thing moved, and money did money and fame and whatever didn't help me against Dean Lister the other day, freaking humiliating me. So it doesn't matter. That's the way I look at it. Um, I, I'm just a normal person. You're just a normal person, and doing what I'm doing. I don't know. Is that a, is that an accurate assessment? Um, well, kind of. I kind mean, of. I, I mean, know. yeah. If it, it's like, is it weird? Is it weird? Is it weird? No. So yeah, that that's a good answer. Um, so you know, so you saying you are a celebrity is <laughs> not weird. Is what I just heard. <laughs> no, bro. Here's fill us okay. in. So you know how What's you know like? you know Steve Harvey. You, you ever heard of him? He does. Um, he's like one of the kings of comedy. He does. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he does uh, Family Feud. Right. Okay. Anyway, he's super famous. One of the many super famous people, actual legitimate celebrities, <laughs> and an I actor as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Wait, what's his name? Steve Harvey. And he's on Family Feud. Big. D- uh. Is it Family Feud? I have no yeah, idea, yeah. bro. It's family Feud. So yeah, he's he's the recent guy in Family Feud. Oh, is he a black guy? Black guy. Oh yeah, black yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. No, because I mustache. see they make funny clips of him. Okay, yeah, I know yeah, who yeah. he is. So Steve Harvey, he's I, mean, I only bring him up because he said this. Yeah. Where he's like, um, I don't know if they do like a Q and A before between takes or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was it was like an out. It wasn't on the show, but he was on the stage or whatever, like answering questions of the audience, and he said this. He was like, "No, like being a celebrity is not it. It's." not good it it actually sucks really really bad and this is why he's like sure you get a bunch of money everyone sort of knows your name but everyone knowing you and knowing your name and all this stuff that's a bad thing 
because you don't have privacy anymore. Now you have to overwork for, and I'm totally paraphrasing this, mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, so, so to compensate, we buy all these mansions with gates and securities and, you know, so now we just bought our beautiful, it's like living in a beautiful prison. You can't go outside. Mm-hmm. You think you can go to the store? You think you can just go to the sushi, sushi restaurant down the street? Probably you can't. Mm-hmm. Taking pictures and don't even try to not take any pictures. Now you're the bad guy. So now, and everyone thinks so now, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, you're, you're not free. You're, you're, you know, you just live in a beautiful prison. You just can't, so and, you, it, and you can't get unfamous either. That's the thing too. So is that how you feel right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm going to get to that. <laughs> so you can't get unfamous either. You can't be in like, you can go down the list. You can go uh-huh. A list to D list, I guess, but you can't get unfamous. Like, you know, like old school guys who are famous, people, I don't know, Vanilla Ice or MC Hammer or something like this. When they go out, oh, they're still MC Hammer. They're still oh, like, yeah. oh, there's MC Hammer. Let's take a picture. Like, you can't get on famous. And if you mess up, you you can mess up like a normal human being mistake or mess up, and you're kind of ruined. So not it. It's not good to be f- famous. It's not fun at mm. all. It's a it's a shitty life. It's kind of his. So now you're one saying. of these people complaining. Oh, like, you no, know what I'm so, saying? No, this is so, bad. Okay. Right now you're one of those people. No, here, listen. When it comes to even, us, even Steve Harvey, right? So yeah. this guy, he's rich and and got money and mansions right and he's kind of complaining about it right no, he's not complaining about that part of it he's he's saying being a celebrity is is not good it's bad okay um so i think a lot of people hear that and go whatever bro you know uh, well, what i mean oh it really sucks to be true oh you're in prison and, and that's with part a of it freaking too. uh infinity pool oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Here's the thing: Infinity Pool doesn't solve anybody's problems ever. Yeah. An Infinity Pool, yeah, doesn't. but you. But if you're complaining about your situation and you have an Infinity Pool, a lot of people are going to say, "Shut the fuck up." Exactly right. <laughs> so, and that's part of it too, right there. Where it's like people really um, they diminish your problems as a human being. So it's like, yeah, I have like like problems. I don't know. My wife yeah. like yelled at me and it I really see. so you're sympathetic to this. I'm more of like a man of the people on my side. Well, here's the thing. Here. I'm not even saying I'm being sympathetic. I'm saying what you Steve are, Harvey you I'm are saying what Steve Harvey said. You're agreeing with him. And I, I'm not agreeing with him necessarily. Okay. I understand what he's, what he's saying though. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with him. I'll tell you that. Either way. So when, so when um, you know, our our man here is like, is saying, is it weird that you're a celebrity? Bro, I don't, you're, you, Jocko, are correct. I'm not a celebrity. Bro, I'll walk down the street. I'll shop at Vaughn's. <laughs> Bro, last night I went to Vaughn's, bought some avocados yeah. and, uh, I don't know, some lemon juice or something like that. And nobody said nothing to me. Uh, the cashier said hi, you know, all this stuff. Wait, um, the cashier said what? Hi, you know, that kind like, of stuff. Like, hi, are you Echo Charles or just no, no, hi? No. Yeah, just hi. Just she's hi, the like, cashier. Oh, yeah, so yeah. she was just cool. Exactly right. Okay. So every once in a while, you'll all run to someone in Vons, in the sushi restaurant, whatever, and they'll be like, oh, uh, from the podcast and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. cool. But the thing is, when I compare myself to what Steve Harvey said, yeah. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that Steve Harvey is talking about. He's not talking about me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the celebrity he's talking about. Okay, you know? so this question. So I was actually accurate. You were not accurate. celebrities. Yes, sir. And in good point too, where you're like, I go to the same places as they did when yeah. I was in the Navy. Same no here, same, same. We just got done training in yeah. a gym with a, b- a bunch of people in there walking around. So remember, I remember like 10 years ago when I was training, like how much it sucked and how much fun it was. It was real similar. Same thing. Had nothing to do with anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was, that's what you said was really good when you're like, doesn't matter how rich and famous you can be, three wheels is still three wheels. <laughs> That is real right there. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you get more free stuff and maybe you might get, you know, a discount here. I got a discount at the at the gun shop the other week. That was cool. But Oh, because you're Echo Charles? That's what he said, yeah. Yeah. Today, Echo Charles, listen to the podcast. Celebrity lifestyle. Give me a discount. It's all Echo good. Charles. <laughs> so, yeah. I would uh, agree. So cool. We're not. We don't have to worry about that. Appreciate the question, but um, maybe you need to address it to somebody of true celebrity status. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to what you consider like a celebrity, and I think that I guess it's a spectrum, right? Because mm-hmm. if you go like, who's who do you think is like the most rec- recognizable person? Someone who literally can go outside and someone in public looks at them and they're coming for that autograph or picture or whatever. The Rock. Oh, yeah, obviously. So, yeah. okay, there's The Rock way over here, mm-hmm. and then you go down the line, you know, 
you know, maybe some athletes, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. basically people who can't go do their everyday stuff. They yeah. can't go to the post office. They yeah. can't go to bonds, you know. Um, and then you kind of start to go more like, okay, every once in a while they're like, hey, I like what you do. You know, mm-hmm. I listen to your music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all the way down the line to your local news guy or whatever who's like, hey, you know, from the local news, like morning news, I listen to your show. And they're like, cool, thanks. And then they're on their way, you know. But it's still, I guess, maybe they're on the spectrum, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. So I guess it depends on what you mean. Right on. All right. That was a long, painful conversation. Come on, uh, bro. You're famous. Apologies from me from, uh, for Steve Harvey. I didn't know his name. Because I, I think because I haven't watched Family Feud in, I mean, since I was a kid, it was on a analog television set. Yeah. And he was not the host. No, no, no. He's been with plenty, plenty hosts on that one. Um, but hey, so if I run into you, Steve Harvey, nothing to worry about. I'm not even going to bother you. <laughs> Except for maybe I will now. That's the thing. I pray. He was. Re- that's why I was like, huh, that makes full sense, by the way. Because mm-hmm. if I saw Steve Harvey, like at, if I went to the sushi restaurant that I still go to, by the way, and he was there, I might say, uh, not while he's eating, because I hear that that's like the worst time uh-huh. to bother celebrating while they're eating. But maybe on the way out, I might time it and catch him for a picture. It's true. Really? Probably, okay. yeah. I would want to, yeah. That's cool. All right. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting the cause on the underground. If you want, you can get... Um, you can get supplements from jockofuel.com. You can get a bunch of cool stuff made in America at originusa.com. You can get jockostore.com, a bunch of stuff to represent while you're on the path. Written a bunch of books, you know that. Anyways, thanks for hanging out. If you want more leadership stuff, go to echelonfront.com. And if you want to talk to us on the interwebs, Echoes at Echo Charles, I'm at Jocko Willink. And thanks for joining us in this safeguarded enclave of the world known only as the underground where we will always be free thanks for the support everybody till next time this is echo and jocko out